Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, The Book of James. As we read through James, we'll see how our faith in Christ should do more than just change the way we think, it should change the way we live. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Good morning again, everybody. It's good to see you today on this uh, first Sunday in autumn. So we're in this series called The Book of James. It's about the book of James, and we are encouraging everybody to uh, take advantage of this study. We want to encourage you to pick up one of the books called The Book of James. It's, uh, it's a gives you a place where you can take notes on Sunday morning, where you can take notes during the week as you read and let God speak to you through the book of James. It's also got a place for where you can take notes when you're in a life group and you're studying scripture. And then it's got some places at the end where you can put prayer requests and put next steps that you're going to take. So we really want to encourage you to pick one up. And it's not too late, even though we're a couple weeks in. We want to encourage you to do that because we believe that during this time as a church, when we study the same thing, Uh, on Sunday morning, uh, during the week in life groups, and daily in our devotional time, we believe God's going to do something. And I want to encourage you to talk to one another about what God is doing, what he's speaking to you through the book of James. So uh, we're really excited about that, and I want to encourage you to participate in that. By the way, life groups very simply are a small gathering of adults. They get together to study the Bible, to build relationships, and to do life together. So you can find out more about life groups on our website and out in the cafe today where this material is available. So let me pray before we dive into this message. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, as we gather here today, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and minds. And so, Holy Spirit, we say, have your way in us. Uh, Open our ears to hear what we need to hear. Uh, uh, Give our minds the ability to focus and pay attention to what you want us to hear. And and Lord, we pray that uh, as we do this, that we will be changed, that we will be different. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this summer, I think everybody knows by now, I had open heart surgery and I spent two months recovering from that. And, and uh, Cynthia and some other people said, you know, what do you think God wants to say to you during this season? And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't really know. Um, and, you know, it's like, well, that I need to have heart surgery. Um, I didn't mean to be flippant, uh, but, uh, uh, but, but then I really took it seriously. So, I, you know, I just went to God and I said, God, what do you want me to hear from you during this season? And uh, I, I found myself um, drawn to the letter of 1 John, uh, one of the letters right before the book of Revelation. And I read it and I reread it. And when you read the book of 1 John, you can't miss uh, this message about loving others. And when we have love in us, we demonstrate that we're children of our Heavenly Father. And when we don't have love in us for one another, it's clear that we don't have uh, the love of our Heavenly Father in us. And so, uh, you know, that was the message that just kept coming. And I really sensed God was saying, you know, Clark, you need to love people. And not just love people in a warm, fuzzy way that the world talks about love, but but to love people like Jesus loved people. And let's remember, Jesus loved people selflessly. 
He loved people sacrificially. He loved everybody in a way that it cost him everything. So that was the message that I began to hear. And just to reinforce it, uh, Cynthia got a book, and she said, why don't we read this together uh, during your recovery? And the book is called um, Everybody Always. Strange title. It's written by a man named Bob Goff. He's a Christian. In the book, he tells stories that will make you laugh and cry or both at the same time. Um, and uh, he, 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 he's a Christ follower, and he shares what God has been teaching him. And the basic message, I will sum it up. It's not a spoiler alert because it's very clear. He says, we're supposed to love everybody always. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're supposed to love everybody always. Um, I, think, I think we can grab that. Uh, you know, but, but it's that challenge that, that we have to understand that it's not that warm, fuzzy kind of, oh, I love you kind of thing. It, it's, it's love that's going to cost you. Let me uh, just share with you the subtitle of the book because I think it's important that you hear it. Um, Becoming love in a world full of setbacks and difficult people. Everybody always. Now you're probably saying, Clark, why are you telling us about 1 John? Because this is a series on the book of James. Because I want you to see something in my life about what's going on when it comes to living out what, what James says. And, and I'm going to move in that just very quickly. But I just want to remind you, if there was an overall theme to the book of James, it, it was this. Faith without deeds is dead. Now, remember... You're saved by faith, not by doing good deeds. But there's this idea that James wants us to understand that, that faith without action, faith without active living out your faith is dead, okay? You can, you can say you're anything, but if you don't live like what you say you are, are you really what you say you are? So it's that idea. So let, let me uh, just give you the, the first a point that I want you to, to hear this morning, and it's this. Hear the word. Hear the word. Now let's dive into the verses. Verse 19 through 21 in chapter 1. It's going to be on the screen. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. You know, when we read those two verse, read those three verses, uh, we think it's only talking about communication with uh, one another. But scholars all agree it's really talking about both communication with God and communication with each other. So I'm going to break it down and start with how this applies to communicating with God. Uh, scholars will say this, that this command to be quick to listen calls for an eagerness to hear and obey. All right, it's an eagerness to hear and obey. So be quick to listen. The appeal to be slow to speak demands silence until we have understood and applied the message. Think about that. Be quiet until you've really understood it and you've begun to live it out. It's really a call for restraint lest we produced hasty, ill-timed actions and reactions. Now, the challenge to be slow, to become angry, 
warns us against hostile, hostile, bitter feelings. We can't hear God if we remain distracted with resentment and with hatred and with vengeance. So, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, how often are you reading and listening to God's word? Now, if your answer is, uh, well, every Sunday when I go to church, let's be real. Both of us know that's not good. All right. If we call ourselves followers of Jesus, then you and I need to be letting God speak to us on a daily basis. I'm talking about reading and listening to God's word. I'm, I'm talking about praying to God and listening to what God wants you to hear from the Bible and through his Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may say, Clark, I'm just too busy. Well, let's be honest. That's really not an excuse because we make time for the things that we want to do, don't we? Yeah. I mean, if we want to binge watch our favorite TV show, we make time for that. You know, if we want to go to the Big E, we make time for that. You know, if, if we just uh, if we want to take a nap, we make time for that. You get the idea. We make time for the things that we want to do. If As followers of Jesus Christ, we've got to make time to listen to God's word, to, to read it and let God speak to us. So, you know, in this day and age, particularly in our country where the Bible is so readily available, we don't really have an excuse not to read God's Word. By the way, I'll say this. If you want a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, come see me after the service. We will put a Bible in your hands because we want you to have that. But here's the other reality. If you have one of these, a smartphone, uh, you have access, immediate access to God's Word. If you've not downloaded the Bible app on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer, I want to encourage you to do that today because here's why. You can read the scriptures in the, your favorite translation if you have a favorite translation. If you uh, don't, if English isn't your, your primary language, there are multiple translations on the Bible app. So you have all these opportunities. If you don't know what to read, they have Bible reading plans that you can read. And let me just say this when you say you're too busy, well, do you listen to music on the way on your commute to work or when you're working out? Well, the Bible app actually will read Scripture to you, all right? So you can use that app and you can listen to Scripture. So the reality is we don't have an excuse for not listening to God's Word. Now, let me remind you of what James said in verse 21. It's about the importance of listening. He said this, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. When we listen to God's word, then we replace the messaging and the junk that the world continues to download into our lives with the truth of God's word. We're bombarded. You know that. We're bombarded anytime we turn on anything that produces media, and it just is constant. We need to push back on the darkness by letting God's word bring light into our lives. Now, I, I love it when Scripture helps interpret Scripture. And there's a verse we're not going to put on the screen, but it's from Romans chapter 10. It's verse 17, and it tells us the importance of listening to God's word. So let me read it to you. 
Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So we need to be reading and listening to God's word so that it will build us up in faith, so that it will encourage us in faith, and so that it will encourage others. And so we need to let this relationship with God be built over listening to his word, being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. So that's how it relates to our relationship with God. How does this relate to our relationship with people? Same thing. We need to be quick to listen. We need to be slow to speak. We need to be slow to become angry. And then he goes on and he says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. That's not the way the world we live in, right? You know, we live in a world that uh, encourages us to express our feelings. You know, just get it out, whether it's good or bad, whether it's peaceful or inflammatory, whether it's godly or ungodly, just, just get it out. But James says, be quick to listen. And if we've listened to God's word, then we'll be exposed to the values of God's that we see in the scriptures. Values like this. From the book of Colossians, it says this, let your conversations be always full of grace. Are your conversations full of grace? Again, from the book of Colossians, it says this, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. And in Corinthians, it says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So we have to think this through. Are our words, are our communication with one another, people who follow Jesus Christ and people who don't follow Jesus Christ, are they full of grace? Are they glorifying to God? Because the truth of the matter is, it matters. It matters because you are representing Jesus Christ every time you open your mouth and speak. And you're also representing God when you don't speak. Your nonverbal communication is representing him. And I'm talking about communication, so let's just put it out there. Our electronic forms of communication are also means in which we are, as followers of Christ, we're representing Jesus. Whether, whether we're doing it well or not well, you have to assess yourself. Whether it's text, whether it's email, and whether it's social media. All right? We, we have to recognize that. And so it, it's important that we deal with that and recognize it. Because remember what James said? We have to ask ourselves if what we're communicating is producing the righteousness that God desires. So if you think about the last conversations you had this past week, is it producing the righteousness that God desires? If you think about what you just posted on Facebook or Instagram, is it producing the righteousness that, that God desires? And let, let me just say this, folks. It's a trap when you repost other people's stuff, okay? Because are they producing the righteousness that Christ desires? And let me remind you, once it's on the Internet, it's on there forever. 
So as a follower of Christ, we need to recognize that our communication is important, that uh, as a follower of Christ, we need to recognize that we need to listen to others, so we need to be quick to listen. Because when we're quick to listen, you know what? That shows the other person that we respect them, that we value hearing from them. Even if we don't agree with them, or even if they're hostile in what they're saying, our Willingness to be quick to listen says something to them about who we are, and then we can share our value is we're followers of Jesus. And then we have to recognize that we need to be uh, slow to speak. I, I have a friend who uh, did an interim ministry in Alaska, and many of the members of his congregation were, were native uh, Alaskans. They were Inuit. And he said, you know, uh, as a pastor, uh, you know, growing up here in the, the lower 48 states, I had to, to learn a whole different way of speaking. He said, um, when you speak to someone uh, who's grown up in Inuit culture, they listen. They, they listen intently. And um, once you're done speaking, they don't speak right away. Uh, there's a significant pause because while you were speaking, they weren't thinking about what they were going to say back to you. They were actually paying attention to what you were saying. And so when you finish speaking, then they're going to take time to think about it and then respond. And he said, you know, it, it was so refreshing, but also so hard to get used to because, you know, we live in a really rapid fire kind of communication. Uh, Guilty as charged. Sometimes when I'm in an intense conversation, I'm thinking not about what they're saying. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say back to them. And that's not what Scripture says. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. It's so important that we understand that. And it's important that we recognize that in all of our communication, how we communicate as people who publicly identify as followers of Jesus Christ either honors God or dishonors God. So think that one through. In all of the forms of communication that you've been involved in in the past week, did it honor God or did it dishonor God? I've been doing some reading from a Christian leader and pastor, Kerry Newhoff, and he said something this week that caught my attention. He was talking to Christian leaders, but I believe this is for all Christ followers. He says, as Christians, we need to humble our talk and accelerate our walk. Humble our talk and accelerate our walk. In other words, we need to learn to cut back on having to say something all the time and we need to actually ask ourselves, does this really need to be spoken? You know, we have a lot of thoughts, but not all of the thoughts should be spoken out loud, right? Right. So humble our talk and accelerate our walk. You know, how we live our lives says something about who we believe in, all right? And if you take Jesus seriously, it will show up in the way you live your life or as this means your walk, your walk of life. So he's saying accelerate your walk. You know, you know walk fast and intentional and, and direct after Jesus, living for him in a way 
that honors him. And people will notice that. We need to recognize that how we communicate honestly is a reflection on how we follow Jesus. Because if we're taking seriously what Jesus says and we're following his word, then it's going to change the way we live. So let's talk about that. The next thing James would say would be live the word. Live the word. This is what James says in verse 22 through 25. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The big message that James is getting across here is that listening to God's word should result in doing what we say we believe. He says, many of us hear it and forget it, but those who do hear it, he says, and live it will be blessed. Look, I'm, I'm going to be transparent to you. When I first became a Christian, one of the things I struggled with was in my daily devotions, I would read God's word, and five minutes later, I couldn't even tell you what I read. I, I struggled with concentration. And today, there are times when I still struggle with concentrating on whatever I'm reading, but most importantly, God's Word. And so, uh, you know, I, things that I've learned is I ask the Holy Spirit to give me the ability to concentrate. All right? I ask the Holy Spirit just to allow me to, to focus. And I also will keep some paper uh, nearby because if there's just something that I think of that I really need to do, then I just write it down. So I can forget thinking about it, but the piece of paper will remind me after I'm done. And then the final thing is, if I've prayed and if I've written down and I'm still struggling to concentrate, I just say, okay, Lord, uh, maybe I need to find a different time today to have this devotional time because I, I just I can't focus. So uh, I, I want to come back to that time, but, but it's just what I recognize. So, you know, it's this idea that if we read God's word and we don't do what it does, then we're, we're not being honest. You know, look, you know, he says we're supposed to do what it says. And when we do that, we'll be blessed. Uh, the Barner Research Group did a study years ago, and they really looked at behaviors uh, that people do throughout their daily life. And they asked um, questions about these behaviors to a full group of people across the, the faith spectrum, from people who were very committed to Jesus Christ to people who were not followers of Jesus Christ, atheists, then people of other um, faiths, and, and then people of varying degrees of commitment to Jesus Christ. And what they found, unfortunately, that in the, the bulk of those who would say they were Christian, what they discovered was um, Though they said they were a Christian, their lifestyles didn't vary very much from people who said they didn't believe in Jesus. Now, I'll be honest, I find that very disappointing and, and very, honestly, depressing uh, because, you know, as a pastor and as a follower of Christ, 
I want to live my life so that it makes a difference, not for me, but for Jesus. He made a difference for me. He saved me, all right? He's given me hope. And now I'm sold out for him, and I want to live my life in such a way that it's going to make a difference for him in this world. And I want every other follower of Christ to do the same thing, to, to, to come to that place. You know, it's important that we understand that when we read God's Word, when we listen to it, it's, it's that God wants us to take it in and, and remember it and to live it out. Now, as I say that, I recognize that can be a really kind of overwhelming uh, concept um, because there's so much that the Bible says. How can I live it all out? Well, Jesus said something one time that's really important for us to understand. Uh, somebody came to him and said, teacher, What's the most important thing to do if I'm going to follow God? You know, what's the, the essential thing for me to know and to do? And you'll probably remember this. That's when Jesus said, you need to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But he didn't stop there. Then he said this. You need to love everybody else like you love yourself. And then what he said, when you think about the implication of it, it's, it's really, it's freeing. It's liberating. He said, listen, when you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and when you love everybody else like you love yourself, you're going to be keeping all of the law and all of the teachings of the prophets. You're going to be doing what God wants you to do. So, you know, you know I would say this. Jesus is simplifying our understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But remember, simple isn't easy, all right? Remember, loving God and loving others is not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's really a belief that every person has value, that God has value, that I want to honor God with the things that I do, the words that I speak, how I live my life on earth. And I want to honor people and respect them, regardless of, of how we connect on everything in the world. Every human being is valued by God. And they deserve our respect. They deserve our respect regardless if we agree with their politics or their social stands or anything else that we disagree with. We need to honor them. We need to love them the way that we are loved. Remember this, and this is so key. You know, Jesus said that people will know you're my followers by the way you love. All right? But that would be how the world would identify us. So, you know, you could be, find yourself in a situation where, where people are having a political argument and they want to engage in you in it, and you may feel passionate about it. And this is what I would say. Don't speak up if you can't do it in love. Just excuse yourself. All right? If you can't do it in love, just zip it doesn't need to be spoken. So, you know, what, what James is saying is that we, we need to live the word. We need to let it live through us. And this is so important. Jesus 
cut through all the clutter of all the 613 laws of Judaism and all of the prophets teaching and saying, listen, love God and love others. I like what James said. He said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know, it's easy to say I'm a Christian. It doesn't cost you anything. But to be a Christian, it will cost you because you're going to set aside your will for God's will. You're going to love people that you might not want to love. You're going to not say things when you want to say them. And you're saying, well, wait a minute, I have freedom of speech. I'm a citizen of this country, and I'm guaranteed freedom of speech. Yep, you are. But everything you think doesn't need to be spoken. Everything I think doesn't need to be spoken. Because we represent Jesus Christ. So don't just listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. It's so important that we understand this. The final thing I, I want to share with you is uh, what I would call speak the word. James realizes that, uh, he, that we're going to have to speak and communicate. So this is what he says. Those of you who consider those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James is saying to us that you can tell everyone you're a Christian, but if you can't control what you say, you're fooling yourself. And then he closes with that strong phrase. He says, your religion, your faith is worthless. You know, you're representing the Son of God. You've taken on His name when you call yourself a Christian. Literally, that means little Christ. You've taken that on, and you're representing Him. And so if you can't hold your tongue when it needs to be held, if you can't keep a tight rein on it, what you're doing, what you're saying about yourself, it's worthless. You see, being a Christian is about believing in Jesus and following God's word and telling others about what we've found in Jesus so that we can have it, too, so that they can have it too. And that means we're called to be prepared at all times to tell people about the hope that we've found in Christ. And that means uh, that we speak the word when the Holy Spirit prompts us and when people ask us. And this is one of the best things that we can do with our tongues. We can share with others about Jesus. But there's a whole lot of other mean things that we can do with our tongue too. We can gossip. We can slander. We can create dissensions. We can curse people. We can curse God. We can swear. We can verbally abuse one another. And on and on it goes. We know it because we've either done it or we've received it. We know how evil people can be with their tongues. But at the same time, we know that we can use our tongues for good things, to worship God, to tell people about Jesus, to build up and encourage others, build up believers and build up non-believers and encourage them to share Scripture 
to bring people words that increase their faith. Now, again, this goes to spoken communication and electronic communication, specifically what we do with social media. Remind yourself always, just because I want to say it doesn't mean it needs to be said. And then James closes with an example. He says this, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's loving others like the like we're so, like we want to be loved, and so so James is saying, listen, if you can't keep a hold of your tongue, then your faith is worthless. Because, but then he goes, this is worthy faith, taking care of widows and orphans. I shared with Pastor J. John today that there's it's no coincidence that you were here today when I was preaching on this. They take care of of women who have uh, been kicked out of their homes. Um, they're the widows that they take care of, and they take care of orphans. And it's so critical that, that the body of Christ come around them and support them so that we can do that. And that's worthy because we're taking care of people. We're living out what we say we believe. Now, this morning, to, to bring this message to a close, uh, I'm not going to, you know, ask you to sing a song or anything. I'm going to ask you to Think about some questions and answers. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of time to pray about them. So here are the questions. And you can think about your answers. Are you listening to God's word? How often? Are you living out what you hear from God's word? Are you sharing with others the hope that you've found in Christ? When other people speak, do you really listen? If you really listen to people's hearts when they speak, how does that change your response? So I want to move into a time of prayer. During this prayer time, really, I just want you to talk to God about what your answers are. And if you need him to help you and change your heart and change your mind, then let him do that. So let's just spend a minute in prayer. Lord, we just commit this time to you and ask you to speak to our hearts and our minds as we share our hearts with you. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.